Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours. Welcome back to the Coach's Approach Podcast, where we take an inside look at the coaching world. As always, I'm your host, George Gresco. Please continue to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and check out our website, thecoachesapproach.com. Before we get started, I need to thank our presenting sponsors, Coach's Dry Rub, the All-American Rub, laid on thick until it sticks. Get your own bottle at tombaskitchen.com. Anthony's Family Restaurant in East Lake on the corner of 91 and Vine Street, where together is our favorite place to be. Open in, open for dining, carryout, and curbside pickup. Last but not least, G&G Printing. Get your custom apparel printed in 7 to 10 days or less. Dominate your design. Season 3, Episode 7, Stone Cold. We sit down with the quarterbacks coach at Boylan High School in Rockford, Illinois. Coach Anthony Stone, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. No, absolutely. I, I don't think I've ever heard that Stone Cold thing before. You know, I thought I'd laugh. Yeah, you've never heard that before? I was no, laughing. I've, I've heard that a lot. I heard that a lot. That's why I laugh. Yeah, I, when I was going for names, I'm like, that's it. Yeah, when I was picking out names for the episode, I was like, yep, that's what we're going with. I'm a big WWE wrestling fan. So, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you got to do it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, as I just mentioned, though, Coach, you coach quarterbacks, and most would say quarterback the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sports. What do you look for in a quarterback, and how do you develop them along the way? Uh, I've been very fortunate in all the years I've been coaching quarterbacks. Uh, you know, currently I was just coaching uh, quarterbacks receivers at Boylan with the field goal team, extra point. Uh, I recently stepped down uh, to spend more time with my family. Uh, to see my son play at the freshman level for high school because he's starting high school football. Right. Um, so I was very fortunate there. Um, with all the quarterbacks I've developed, uh, I would say there's six traits I would have to do. Uh, one is the football IQ, uh, the FBI, the football knowledge, knowing coverages, things like that. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't realize that, especially in youth football or professional or high school or college, whatever level you're doing, I know it's not in the order. But if they know that stuff, like line techniques, gaps, and all that stuff, it helps out immensely, especially if you're running option or running plays or audibles or any little things like that. Right. Um, agility, agility is another one. And, like, these are not in order, just so you know. Right. Um, accuracy, getting the ball where it needs to be or just being accurate with, like, snap count, keeping it the same thing, uh, doing things like just being the same, on, just being repetitive, if that makes sense. Arm strength is another thing. If you're a quarterback and you're listening to this podcast, 
I know some people that are quarterback coaches are going to say, yeah, this is not really the thing. But I, I believe the tricep muscle is one of the most important um, muscles as a quarterback. Uh, persistence and poise, the leadership qualities. You know, I'm not a big fan of when I'm developing quarterback, I don't want a gunslinger that alone. I, I don't mind a loner, but I don't want someone where I know on a Saturday or Friday night or during the week, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Sure. You know, I give, I give my quarterbacks homework assignments every day. Uh, just recently got done with Connor Dennis. Uh, he's a junior at Rockford Boylan. He won MVP of the conference, uh, broke school record for touchdowns. Probably could have had a lot more. Um, but he, he did his homework. He did his things. And the last thing, and it's very hard to do this because I am on the quarterback so much. Like, it's so funny. They got to be coachable. I don't need you to tell me you already know it or I got this. I know as we, we as coaches say, I mean, when I coach women, I think you're going to ask me a question later about coaching men and women. Women want to know the questions. They want to know why you're doing it when you're coaching them in football. The guys are like, oh, coach, I got this. Oh, I, I totally get this. But then when you ask them and you go in more depth, they have no idea what you're really talking about. You know, right. <laughs> um, you know something from my books, and we're going over that too, like the DEA, the depth, eyes, and alignment. You know, you can tell what's going to happen before the snap or when the ball snapped because you right. have to give up a tell or things like that. So just doing the little things and doing your homework. And there's so much stuff that I have not put in, in on writing that I have here that I just have the quarterbacks do weekly. And right. the biggest thing too, jump roping. You know, they got to they gotta know how to jump and rope. Quick on their feet. They don't know how to do that. Yeah. If they don't know how to do that, then it, it's going to be a painful week every week in, week in right. and week out for them. Yeah, no, it's funny. I coach quarterbacks here in Ohio at Cleveland Heights High School, and a lot of things you just hit on, we do every day. We stretch, we stretch a ton of our arm and bicep, as you're just saying, your tricep and things like that. So a lot of things that you just said are things that I'm doing here in Ohio also. <laughs> um, now, good teams stem from a good quarterback play, but how do you um, get from being a good football team to getting to the next level and being a special football team? That You know, the teams that um that we talk about for decades and decades to come how do you get to being a special football team you know when when i when you when you say that question discipline is one thing yep. you know as a, as a as a quarterback coach and running backs coach last couple of years using equipment for indie time and don't waste your indie time at all like i'm not a big gospel talker right. I, I get into the point i say what we need to do run like a banshee you know, I, I use the high and tight footballs. I use the CSF towers. You know, I use the little things I use daily. And like, you know, the tech pads from Tackle Tube yep. for the running backs, quarterbacks, things like that. I use a, a daily thing. And then I have it planned out through an insertion schedule. You know, and I, when the head coach or the OC gets to me and says, this is what we're doing, that's what we do. And then when we run plays, if the play's crap, it's got to be rerun. You can't run a crap play and be okay with it. And I, I love, you know, Coach Cacciatore that recently asked for six years. If I if I saw it and I said, hey, that's really wrong or whatever, he would say, hey, rerun it or what did you see? Things like that because right. the repetition in practice, if you do it good, you'll do it good in a game. The biggest thing is if you're great at running jet sweep, you don't need to run it 14 times in practice. You run it three times with three different right. scenarios where they chase the guy, they don't chase the guy, they have a guy coming down, they rotate, something, and it, it make it different. 
you know, you have your scout cards you can use on your iPad or, you know, your, your playmaker, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want or just old fashioned, just doing cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with, with coach catch and myself and coach Sal, when we were at Bo- when I was at Boylan, we, we, I, I had it memorized. So I'd be like, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here. Number 34 is here on this down on this side field boundary or this formational strength. You know, that's some of the things I have my quarterbacks look at because they know then when that play is called in practice and they see that defensive front and they see that, I mean, like they got to stay calm because they know right. it's there. You know what I mean? You can't show your poker hand if you got a, a, a flush <laughs> or nothing. You know what I mean? Definitely. You can't go all in right away. You got to suck them in <laughs> to go all in. Sure thing. So, I mean, that's what I feel like makes a special team. And, you know, don't make a bad play into a worse play. I say that all the time. Yeah. If you get a bad snap, know you're down in distance and just eat it or just run it past, you know, get a couple yards. Right. You know, if you're fumbling the ball, if you're fumbling the ball, you probably shouldn't be playing, period, like I tell the guys. <laughs> I mean, not it, it, no, that's why yeah. the high and tight balls are so good. I mean, yeah. they beep when you use them, and the players laugh so much because they got so many of them. And they're that, like, they last about two seasons with the amount I use them. It lasts about two seasons, so some of them I had to duct tape because we use them so much. And then later in the season, when when your indie time runs down, we only do little things to do it. You know what right. I mean? So, just a repetition of having, I would say, discipline and, you know, I hate to say greatness, but like you having those those Mastercard commercials that are priceless in practice and you're doing good. You know, I just did a um, a podcast for the International Coaches Convention. I was talking about Jet Sweep, and they showed some practice video because we i videotape practice on my phone all the time right like I, i'll do it all the time just to see what's going on with the quarterbacks and running backs and then if there's a mistake or something with the old line or something I, I email them to the coaches or text them to the coaches so they can see them too i mean i don't i, well, I do say it i shouldn't say that because it's not my position but i send it to them and be like hey here you go and then um it's just things that we have to tie up because if you guys play on friday this is my big thing i say to my quarterbacks and running backs if I'm still coaching you on Thursday for a Friday game, we have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in big trouble. And if we're running a play that's not ready, don't even bother running it. Yep, scrap it. it. Work scrap it. Throw it, it out. Throw it out. Game. Yeah. yeah. You know. But, yeah, that's that's what I would say makes a good team to a special team, just discipline and, you know, trying to do that perfection thing. Absolutely. And, Coach, you've also been involved in USA football. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things you've done with USA football? Yeah, uh, it's a funny story. I was doing an all-star game. I ju- I was doing an all-star game for um, – it was the first women's national camp for USA football. And I wasn't even hired. For, I was – I, I did – 2010, I did the, the women's team. And then I, I came back and I did this national thing then. And I did all the practice plans and everything like that. And, you know, I, I treated it like a true combine. And the biggest thing how I got to become a master trainer is because Mike Keynes was at the game. And I saw a girl get nailed, and she was walking to the other sideline. So I told the defensive coach at the time, the older older gentleman, hey, you got to take her out because that's your position in the group. And he's like, you know, don't bug me about that, blah, blah, blah. He's getting all mad at me. But the girl had a real concussion. Right. And I pulled her, you know what I mean? And he got mad. And long story short, that's how I became a master trainer. And I was there for a number of years. And then I, I was the whole region. And I had a blast. It was great. And then uh, it just all of a sudden ended and abruptly stopped. And that's how it went. Wow, that, that's crazy because, like, today's day and age, like, like yesterday with uh, Tua, 
with his yep. concussion thing. That's awesome that you see that because NFL people aren't even seeing concussions right now. And that's that's kind of wild that someone saw that you, you know, saw what was going on and you kind of diagnosed the situation. That's 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 wild. Well, if she's walking to the other sideline, right? Yeah. You know something's wrong. And like I, I love or I think it was a Patriots player that got nailed and the, the wide receivers like, you know, he's yelling for it. I know. Yeah, and the NFL—they're yeah. great and everything, right? And they have like I think one person watching the game or something like that. Yeah. But my thing is, if you're not scanning a room, like when you walk into a place and you don't scan a room, and that's why I tell my quarterbacks always do, "Hey, what color was this person wearing?" What I do that to my son all the time. We go to the weight room. Um, you know what? What was this shirt? What was this person wearing? A shirt, or what were they doing? Blah blah. blah. Um, if you're not looking at that, or have more than one person looking at it, you can miss it. You right. know and. As being a box coach, I love being up in the box because I can see everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you could see stuff happen. And it's just like, you know when it's coming and you like, oh, coach, put this in or do this. And it's it's a great feeling when it happens. And then when it doesn't happen, you're just like, right. shut up. Especially you know being, I mean? being down on the field, it's just con- controlled chaos on a Friday night. Correct. You know, you've been down on the field, but yeah, I, I'm a, I like being in the box. But this past year, I was down on the field. But yeah, it's controlled chaos on a Friday night. 100%. Uh, Coach, you are also an author of several different books that we're going to get into, uh, but you've written many books. Can you talk a little bit about your books and where people can kind of find them? Yes, um, they are uh, Back to the Basics, uh, Coach Stone Football. Um, You can get them on Amazon. I've decided as an author just to stay in one place. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to be like other people where they're printing off their books or they're sending them, they're mailing them. I just do it in one central location. And the biggest thing I did was I I made it all the way from four to six years old. You know, not in that order, but it's like a prequel, you know, right. so all the way to like the collegiate level, you know, and I have flag, tackle bar, and tackle football books. Uh, my first book was in 2017. Uh, it was about 583 pages. Wow. Uh, that was my first football book. It, it was over 100 drills. A lot, I mean, maybe over maybe more than that, like 200 drills in it. And it's a green book. It's it's five pounds thick. And what I did with my books, because it's all back to the basics, right? Back to the basics, back to the basics. Right. And I made them as cheap as possible. So for 583 pages, it's 35 bucks. And then right. all my books go down in that price with whatever the page number is. That's how I try to make it. If there's more content in there or secret contents like you know they say i i I have the price but no book i have is over 35 bucks right you know for an english version one um the biggest thing i would say is this my wife we have a walk-in closet downstairs i have five kids uh (laughs) she asked me to clean it out it was tons of football stuff as being a former player uh playing indoor college coaching high school coaching you know youth coaching uh indoor coaching what I did was she asked me to condense it and how I condense it was very simple. I just put it in a word documents right. and I took all the pen to paper and then paper to, you know, digital. And I wrote books. And the only reason my first book is so big at the time, Amazon didn't let you do or create a space because creative space was bought off by Amazon. Right. Um, you could only make a book five ninety. Well, oh, I had so much information the books were already at a thousand. So then I just <laughs> condensed it and that's how I came up with the four volumes. So, you know, I have 24 books out 
I have right now currently, uh, geez, I want to say like six, six or seven tackle books for tackle football. I have three books for flag and then two DIY books that would help out game planning and stuff for even for NAIA schools. Uh, I know the NAI team, um, uh, the Ottawa team with uh, the Silver Ladies, they have my book too. It's, it was really cool. Someone sent me a video this year. I think it was a video last year. They were doing a Zoom and my book was in their thing. It was really awesome. Um, you know, they're former athletes of mine that I coached in uh, football. Uh, and then I have a strength conditioning book I co-authored with Cody Gazaza, a uh, youth book. We're about like, you know, crab walking, bear crawling, and all that things for the little kids. You know, you want to start your kids out young with, Ricky, with Coach Ricky Upton. I made some quote books. I do quotes, daily quotes every day. I haven't done my quote for Tuesday yet. I do that usually late at night when I'm, you know, with the family. Right. I got four of those books out. I have a mom's book and a bunch of DIY books. So, but if you go to Amazon and you go back to the basics, Coach Stone Football, Anthony Stone or something like that, you'll uh, you'll get them. Or you can go to my website, CoachStoneFootball.com, go to the shop, and then that'll take you to Amazon too. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll post this to our pages later on so anyone could – you know, order any of your books and take a look yes. at the website. I could post on our website as well, just so our listeners and viewers can kind of, you know, see what you're doing. Also, and I have bonus. Co- oh, I was just, I'm sorry. No, I have fine. bonus content too. So certain books, if you take a picture of it, like, you know, some people like always want them to take pictures or saying yeah. they review it or whatever. If they review it and take a picture, a lot of my tackle and flag books or tackle bar books, they have bonus content because I couldn't oh, fit nice. it all in one book. So I send them the PDFs to use during practices and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. No, that's yeah. Like, so. anything, anything bonus for football and learning is yep. always a plus. That's awesome. Coach, you you also write blogs for – or I don't know if you still do, but you've wrote blogs for Huddle and First Down Playbook. Can you talk a little yep. bit about the blogs you've written as well? Yeah, I did USA Football too when I was working with them. Okay. And some of them are still out being used and things like that. Uh, huddles are still posted. Uh, first down playbooks are still posted. But, um, you know, they're, they're awesome. I mean, for someone with a disability like myself, uh, you know, I was told that I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And, you know, I didn't get classified being dyslexic until I was a freshman in, in grad school. Now, wow. So I went through my whole college career and I played quarterback, too. And then I had to go in front of a group at my alma mater and say, hey, why are your test scores so bad? Why are you not good at writing and reading? You know, I, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but they're like, you know, the dumb jock model, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was very fortunate with the people at Rockford university, um, you know, Gene Gray and, and Claire Landry, God rest his soul. They, they found a disability I had and, you know, I was able to get help and I was able to get reading and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it's hard so yeah. you know when we when we talk back and forth you know sometimes i just send you phrases you right. know or if i write a, write more than one sentence it takes a long time to write something i appreciate the people that you know i work with or you know my principals or whoever i work with they know when i send something if it's long it might not be all correct you know what sure. i mean so and that's another reason why i wanted to write books i wanted to prove that i could do something when people say you can't do it right you know so Wow, that's that's an incredible story. You know, you're you're a teacher. I believe you're a PE teacher. Yes. But yeah, PE just teacher. going through everyday life with a disability dyslexia. Like I mean, that's a tough. That's a, just a tough thing to talk about in itself. Yeah, it is. Wow. Um, but coach, you've all, along with being an author, you actually have your own podcast as well, which is pretty cool. I listened to some of your shows on your website. 
Uh, can you tell the listeners and viewers, what's the name of your podcast? Where can you find it? And kind of some of the things you talk about in your podcast? Yeah. So BJ, uh, former women's football player, great lady. She, she does podcasts all the time. Um, she asked me a couple of years ago to do a podcast. I currently am I'm done with, like, stop doing that. I'm doing my coaching magazine right now. Okay. Um, but it was really great. because She's like, Hey coach, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, I don't know. Let's, let's see what happens. And, uh, she let me pick the content. She let me pick the guest. And, you know, I just looked around for like items that I would love to use. Right. You know, athletes she'd use and, you know, guests I know. And it just, it just took off. And it's great because like some of the ones I've had on, they have like, like I'm still small, right? I'm, yeah. I consider myself a small person, but I don't try to become big. You right. know what I mean? I mean, I, if I, if I pushed it, yeah, I could be selling my books a thousand, not a thousand, but like hundreds a day, but I don't push it out there. I don't, I like to stay down and just be controlled and relax and enjoy right. life. Um, I'm not trying to push my product on people either. I mean, I know when we talked earlier, you're like, oh, coach, I only thought you wrote one book, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't make no indication until I sent you all those the other night, yeah. and, you know, and be like, oh, he's now wrote more than one. You know what I mean? You're right. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I just think it's, it's really cool how everything goes on and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you never know. Yeah. It's kind of funny because that's kind of how I started my podcast was the year of COVID. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm bored. I don't know. I'm not coaching. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm like, I need to learn how to do, you know, podcasting. And, you know, cause there was no football clinics that summer. There was nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create kind of my little own clinic and talk to coaches back and forth. And that's where I started during COVID. I kind of have my own little booth up in my upstairs now. And it's kind of fun just reaching out to coaches. Yeah. Um, good to have a little man cave. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next part is what I found really interesting about your coaching career. Uh, you've been involved in coaching women's tackle football. In 2010, you coached the U.S. women's national tackle team. And then in 2017, you coached the Women's Australian National Outback Team. How did you get started in coaching women's football? I know you kind of alerted it a little bit earlier in the show. Yeah. Can you talk about it? I, I was playing indoor football, and then I uh, I got injured. I played the whole season with a uh, torn pec. And then I, uh, you know, it was the opposite. I'm thinking this wasn't my throwing arm, so I can still throw. Um so then I decided that there was no indoor team around the area I was living. Uh, so I saw an ad for Chicago uh, Force. It was women's tackle football. And I had to first look, make sure it's not lingerie. So my wife didn't kill me. But <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really women's tackle football, 11 on 11. And uh, I interviewed with Coach John Konecki and Linda Boucher, the owner at the time. A great franchise. And I was very fortunate to do that. Coach John Konecki still a great friend of mine. Creedmoney High School. Uh, we always talked during the football, a ton during the football season. Uh, offered me the DC job at Chicago Force. We had one of the great, great defenses there that year. Yeah, that's actually my wanted. next question. That's actually my next yeah. question. I'm getting into yeah. Uh, uh, and I took that defense and I brought it over to USA Football when they when Coach Konecki took the head job. He's like, hey, do you want to be the defense coordinator? Never coached it down with them, whatever. Um, before he offered me the DC job, so he must have trusted me. And uh, I know, like, with the Chicago Force, I think we didn't give up a point until, like, the first five games in women's football. We just played it, and I just – we just played different things and sent people and ran a 3-4, and it was something where 
you know, I, I don't know if women's football ever saw it before or something like right. that, but I know a lot of teams are four four or five man front. We just ran an Oki Oki defense with a with sometimes a four man front, sent people off the edge, sent pressure from the sides or in the front, you know, right. in the gaps. But you know, it really worked out and it, it was a great experience. And I did it for a year and then uh just became a college coach after I got back from uh you know, with coaching at um Team USA with the women's winning the gold medal right. and it was a great experience. I mean, I, I, I still talk to these ladies all the time. No, that's awesome. And again, it's about the relationships you build along the way. That's what makes coaching so great. And then 100%. this next part is astounding to me. Uh, your U.S. women's national tackle team uh, won the IFAF Women's World Championship in 2010, outscoring opponents 201 to zero. 201 yep. to zero. I'm like, that's unbelievable. And you know what? You were the defensive coordinator during that whole yep. thing. Um, as the defense co coordinator, how did you guys do that? And how did that make you feel? 201 to zero, that, that's unheard of. With one red zone visit. <laughs> so I just wanted to go on and call on that. Um, the biggest thing was, you know, with Coach Mack. It, well, here's what's funny. When I first started, Coach Connect could tell you more. If that's someone you want to get on your podcast, I would definitely recommend John Konecki. Um, It was him coaching offense with one other coach. And then me and Coach Matt, and we got together and we did the defense like we did with the force, and then he put some little tweaks on it. He did the secondary, I did the inside show with linebackers and uh, D-line, and then we'd flip off. When, when we did secondary, I would do linebackers and things. And not lying to you, it was a great experience. Went to Texas, 45 women that we had video from and oh. stuff. Um, it, we picked the players that we thought would gel best, and they were – I, I can't say it enough. These women, I mean, they talk about all these other teams now, even the one that just recently won. They talk about all these women, but this team need to have an ESPN special. That's how special they were. Wow. And they are probably, and I'm going to say this, and if the guys get upset, I apologize. They probably are considered one of the best ever national teams. Wow. They are the, one of the, I think they're the only team that's ever not given up a point. If they've given up, if they're not, then I guarantee you the one red zone visit is definitely a record. So <laughs> if there's a male national team that's given up zero points in an IFAF tournament, see if they gave up, see if they gave right. up like missed field gold or whatever. No, this was nothing. And the one thing that's funny with this team at that time in 2010, the running clock was not allowed. Right. So we could have scored a lot more. That's what people don't understand. Sure. So and we had jet lag when we played the first game because the first game we we scored a touchdown we had an interception run back if you if you go on YouTube and stuff you'll see it we had an inter goal intercepted the ball ran it back for a touchdown by the time they blew the whistle she was already in the end zone <laughs> but they gave us the ball back on that spot where right. it's at wow. you know and the ladies did an excellent job offensively and defensively you know Coach Konecki and I we would be on each other with Coach Matt and we'd be talking about pennies and fighting for pennies and we do that even at Boylan you know <laughs> when I was at Boylan. If you, if you lost seven on seven, you wore pennies all the rest of the practice. So the next day, the losing team would wear pennies. Love it. Make it competitive and fun. You know, and I, I took that thing I got from Coach Nick and I use it everywhere I go. You lose, you wear pennies. That's you know? awesome. And I'm going to steal that, I think. I like that. Yeah, you trust me. Because we, we have the players go get it. Like, I, I tell the quarterback, if you lose, you go get it. Yeah. Because here's what's funny in seven on seven. If it's scripted, you should win every time. Right. I'm just saying, if you're scripting seven on seven, you cannot, you should not lose. Right. Just like if you're doing RVAs with the quarterback, there's no reason you should throw an incompletion. Right. So, 
like I said, ESPN, if you're listening to this, please make a special about these ladies. Those 45 women are the most important people that this this whole movement is about. Yeah. You know, we have, you know, the, the team this year, the, you know, things like that. Now they have like 12 coaches or 14 coaches on staff. You know, with this group, just like in 2017, we didn't party. We didn't do any of this stuff. Yeah. We we went there. We, it was a business trip. We celebrated after we were done. You know right. what I mean? And in 2017 with Australia, I was very fortunate. I want to thank Darren Mitchell, all the people, uh, you know, that was there. I, I mean, I can't thank them all. I mean, Darren Mitchell was the president at the time. They let us do it. Uh, Jen Walter was the head coach. I was the D coordinator. Coach Menke was the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it was amazing. And now they're even, this past year, they won a game. You know, from not winning a game with us to winning a game this year. I think it's, you know, Kevin Wilson did a great job. You know, we talk all the time about it. You know, I did a coaching accreditation. I'm doing a coaching accreditation for Australia. You know, maybe that happened with the relationship with doing the team and then doing a coaching accreditation program for them. I mean, it's a priceless moment. And having four daughters and one son coaching the, the national team or coaching women's sports or coaching the women's flag, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world because they want to be out there and they don't get that opportunity. And I, I want to thank everyone that does that. Jen Walter, especially with the Gridiron Girls camps, but like everybody. And like I said, I can't name them all because there's so many. Yeah. But what you're doing is letting everyone play. And right. I know NFL play is all about that, but I would love to see like more things like, you know, with Jen Walter being with the NFL more and things like that. I know she's with the XFL right now but doing more things with all that stuff, you know, and I, I, I don't know, we could talk hours about this, but yeah, you know, it was probably one of the highlights of my career besides my kids being born, you know, and you know, I played indoor football. That's higher than playing indoor football, coaching that right. 2010 team yeah. and having those relationships with those ladies still uh, Leah Hinkle's birthday today. I don't know if this will be live today, but. Oh, it'll, be up, it'll be up right after we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if Leah Hickel's listening to this or you want to tag her, uh, you know, happy birthday because it's her birthday today. No, you know, and I, I see it all the time. And, you know, any of the ladies that are out there, and some of them are still playing. That's what's amazing. Yeah. Wow. You know, and they're, they're a lot – all of them should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not lying to you. Every single one should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. If there's a, the, the Women's Hall of Fame, I know some other places have Women's Hall of Fame. Yeah. But those women started it. Right. And, you know, that you don't talk about other things. Like, I didn't do 2013, but 2013, they scored way more points than we did. Yeah. You know, but they gave up one touchdown. You know, don't, you know, but, <laughs> you know, and then after since then, like, they've given up more, a lot more touchdowns since then. But oh. I think it's how everyone goes through the process. What are you there for? Are you there to just go sightseeing and stuff? Or are you there for a business trip? Right. You know, and we were there for business and we, we showed up. Right. And, and you know, what's so funny is I was, I was scrolling through your website and kind of the stuff you sent me and I had to like scroll back up. I said, that's say like 201 to nothing. I'm like, that is, yeah. that's unbelievable to me. And listen, we asked for a running clock every game. Yeah. Wow. We asked for a running clock. And I guarantee you when we, the second game when Finland was doing things and things like that, we like, literally, I like, if it wasn't for Kim Duffy, I'd probably be on the hash calling plays. Because I was so frustrated every time yeah. I had a first down. Every time that I even first down, every time they gained yards, I got upset. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, they were they were not nice to us and, you know, things like that. And it is what it is, though. Funny. 
Now, Coach, the typical football fan probably doesn't know how important special teams actually are. Kickoff, kickoff mm-hmm. return, field goal extra point, punt, punt return, etc. But I've seen many games impacted because of special teams. Um, you have been a special teams coach just about almost everywhere you've been. Can you talk about just how important special teams are? Thirty-three point three percent of the game. You know, I I, I want to thank whoever did this for me, but uh, my my volume three book, special teams, won an award for like you know best book of of the year besides my first flag book. I'm surprised those two won, but only those two have won, even though other ones have sold a lot more. Um, it's it's huge. Like you have no idea. Like at the end of the day, I would say it like this. One year at Boiling, we did make the playoffs. I think it was my second year. Yeah, it was my second year there. And we missed on last second plays. We missed a field goal. Field goal team scored on a, a thing. We lost in overtime because of the field goal. You know, we, we dropped punts, uh, all that stuff. Um, the one thing, when I was a special teams coordinator at Beloit College, and I got that my second year coaching, Coach CB trusted me, Coach Brand, he, you know, he works at Rydell now. He let me do what I wanted. And even though it was so concoctious, how crazy this stuff was, it worked. Right. And it worked, and it was phenomenal, and it can just overturn a game. You know, like this year, we played a team that won so many games in a row. They kick it off. They hit it to the uh, – there's another guy, Rashid, Rashid Wall, Rashid, birthday today, yep. Roadrunner. It's his birthday right. today, too. I just wish him happy birthday. I haven't wished <laughs> Leah Hinkle a b- happy birthday yet because she's on Portland time, but – one of my former players, Rashid, I call him Roadrunner, and there's a reason why I call him Roadrunner. Because when he gets that ball and he runs, he runs super fast. Right. They kick it off to him, Hananiga, we run it back for a touchdown. You know, and they were like, oh, you know, we're not as good as we are or whatever. You know, you got to make sure a couple things. And here's for every coach. Hopefully this is like one of the big secrets. You're doing kickoff. Don't kick it to the deepest person. You know why we don't kick it to the deepest person? Because that's the one that wants the ball. Yep. That's the one you want to give the ball to. And you kick it to that person. Now you can say, oh, we'll kick it to the other guy. Trust me. If there's two guys back there, they want both guys to get it. Right. Okay. They're both as dangerous. If they have one way back there, do not kick it to him whatsoever. <laughs> um, you know, there's many different ways you can do it. And I, I wrote them in my two book, my green book and my volume three book, all the different things to do, you know, just like punt blocking. Those are huge to do. Fakes, extra point. Extra point is such a thing where I ask when the season ended, can I run that? I run it. I do a certain thing with my linemen. The linemen and the players make fun of me because they like, you know, why is he so meticulous on this? But then when we make every one, there's a reason why you do that because right. your probability goes up every time. And, you know, if you're up in the box, you're like me. I have a sheet, you know, with a, you know, we're up by this many, we're this or we're that, you know, that's the thing you got to understand, you know, and I know like people say, well, you did this, you went for two on this play when you should have just went for one and you'd have been up by four. Yes. But if you would have been up by four, you probably would have lost the game because the the fields were so bad. Kicking the field goal was not going to help. And they missed the field goal at the end to win the game. They would have made it when in overtime. And it was one of the, considered one of the greatest games in, high school history. And that was uh, 2019 versus Sycamore, you know, but special teams is huge. I mean, at the end of the day, you better practice it. If you don't, it's going to hurt you in the long run. And I recommend coaches doing 10 minutes to 15 minutes, 
doing two segments in that 10 to 15 minutes. If you're not going to run it as a head coach or a coach, you give each coach that's a responsibility that's going to do it and make sure it's first in practice. Don't make it last. Right. And make it when everyone's out there and make it fun. Just like everyone wants yes. to block an extra point when we do it for a cheeseburger. That's yep. what I do. Block an extra point, I'll give you a cheeseburger. Yep. And that, you know that's, I mean? that's the funny thing is it's, this sounds so familiar. So right across from the street that we practice at is a Wendy's. So yep. I'll tell like my scout team that's blocking our starting, you know, field goal extra point. I said, if you block our extra point, I'll take you right across the street after practice. I'll buy you guys, you know, Frosties or cheeseburgers. So then, then they're like, Oh, well, this is awesome. You know, everyone wants to be, yeah, <laughs> yep, everyone wants to be a scout player. They got like 15 players in there. They're like, coach, you have 15 players. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. And then when we, when we line up in gate, People are like every year Boylan had a new different gate because I have so many different ones. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And That's then crazy. like some teams we could have ran it a hundred times. Yeah. And then we only ran it like in the playoffs and other times. And and here's the other thing. When you set up in gate and then you go back in, they're not ready to block a punt. Yeah. They're like, oh crap, here we go. Now we got to think about this. And then we come in here. It's just all psychological. So mm -hmm. you get something. So it helps your probability to win and get points on the board. That's all we want to do. Put points on the board. Yep. If they don't score, they can't win, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so get on the board and then we don't have to worry about it. That's like the old Bill Belichick quote. He goes, uh, how are you going to win this game? Well, we're going to score more points than the other team. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't coach, have a good offense. Don't let them score. Now, Coach, we've hit the point of the show for our fun segment uh, called okay. Rapid Fire 7, where I'm going to ask you seven completely random off-the-wall oh, questions, and you're just to answer them as fast as possible. Yeah, and this Jeez, segment, and this segment's brought to you by G and G Printing. But coach, are you ready? Go for it. <laughs> All right, I'm here gonna... we go. Like I said, it could be absolutely anything, and I haven't seen them yet. So here we go. Okay, that's fine. Would you rather lose your sight or hearing? Hearing. I agree. I couldn't go without seeing. Um, what advice would you give your ten-year-old self? Don't be so mean. <laughs> don't be mean i love it um what does it mean to live a good life in your opinion seeing the kids i've taught or my family grow and just being loved by everybody no that's awesome and yeah as i say you can't answer that much you know better than that yeah um if you had a time machine where would you take yourself <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this right now. It's going to be really bad. I don't want to go back in time. Yep. Here's why. If I go back in time and I fix my ankle where it's broken in half when I played in college, would never have met my wife. Yep. And my wife is the greatest thing in my life. You know, I have football and everything. The company, she named the company, she named the podcast, she named the magazine, the three magazines I do. I don't want to go back in time because I'm afraid to do it, even though, even though I can go back and make my dad live more years. Right. Afraid that if something happens, my kids aren't born. You right. Know what I mean. No, I agree. So I, I apologize for that question, but no, I think that's. I think that's. No, I think that's a great answer, Coach. You know, I I, I would love more time with my dad. I, I'm afraid I wouldn't meet my wife that I love and cherish, and and the kids we have, even though they drive all all six because I'm a kid too, drive <laughs> my wife up the wall. I I I just don't want to go back in time. <laughs> no, I, I think Sorry. it's great. No, I think kind of emotional great. there. No, 
Um, what's what's something that makes you stand out from others? I'm very when it comes to football and things like that. I'm very organized, and I don't. I want to be meticulous on every little thing, down to the split, down to everything. And a lot of people sometimes don't like that. The people that know me very well, they like that of me. Some people don't. Where I'd rather go work on practice plans and go out for drinks. Right. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I want to be a step ahead because sure. then I don't know when, when stuff happens wrong, I'm ready for it. Right. You know, like I just went to a camp with my son, a college exposure camp with my son. We're on a bus with a bunch of players that he's going to be playing for. And they wanted to go out to eat. And we stopped at the gas station and the guy's like, oh, we're just going to stop somewhere else, the player. And I'm like, listen, just saying, we're probably not going to stop. And then the yeah. coach came in and was like, hey, we're not stopping. We're just going here and going leaving. I'm like, see, I told you. Right. So just grab your food now. So I would say that's the one thing. All right. And then I have two left. What motivates you the most? Motivates me the most. Proving that we can do it no matter what. You know, getting it done the right way, the correct way. Um, you know, if someone says you can't do this, and I'm like, well, we can. Things like that. Just being able to do something that's not possible. Right. That's what motivates me the most. Uh, I agree. I just, I hate when someone says I can't do something. That's that's one thing that drives me crazy. Don't use that word in my gym, I say. Yeah. Don't use the word can't. Then here's the last one. And I, I kind of sure. am laughing as I'm reading it. But if okay. you were, if you were, if you were a superhero, Describe what your outfit would look like. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know if I have my players right now that I've always had, I'd be like a Batman because I have all the <laughs> utility belts. My utility go. belt would be filled up. Right. And that's what I would have. And I, that makes you know? me laugh because, like, I think of the movie The Incredibles and, like, the one lady that designs the, say, the, the outfit says, No capes. Yep. So it's just kind of, yep. I'm just no capes. I'm picturing. No capes. That's what I'm picturing right now. Yeah, um, I, I would want I would want money though. I don't know if she has money. So yeah, <laughs> I, I would like to be the Batman just because that's how I that's how I am sometimes being no, alone awesome. and things like that. That's awesome, but that, that's always a fun segment. It's just like four yes. scum. You just never know what you're gonna get, you know. Yeah, it's like about <laughs> chocolates. Yeah, but coaches, we near the end of the show. I always ask this question every coach that comes on the show. Uh, who is Coach Stone for the listeners and viewers who might not know you? Who is Coach Anthony Stone? Uh, I am a person where I'm very down to earth. I mean, I come off like a bull sometimes, you know, but I, I'm actually a puppy. You know, uh, I like to get certain things done and I love to help, you know. And if you're a coach out there and you want to reach out and ask questions or things like that, or if you say, hey, coach, I got a great idea for you. Just, just reach out because I want to be a person that helps. That's why I created the stuff I did with the books and the magazines and the quotes I do daily, just to give back. Because at the end of the day, what my coaches did for me was gave me the life I'm at. And if it wasn't for all of them, I wouldn't be where I'm at today with my family. So for someone that knows me, I'm very loving. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I know I'm a tall, big guy, you know, but I'm very loving. I love football immensely besides, you know, more, not as more as my wife, and my family, but something that I love to do. I eat, breathe, sleep it. I love to do it. I love to work camps, love to go, you know, I don't like to travel, but I travel and I do football camps all around the day. And I just wish I could bring my family with sometimes, yeah. you know, and 
if you're looking for things or looking for tips or tricks or things like that, just reach out. And, you know, that's me in a nutshell. You know, and some people, like I said, some people love me and some people hate me. Yeah. And, you know, they, they don't like how I, you know, say how it is. I don't lie to you and I tell the truth. So if you ask one of my players, if you ever get a player on and they go, hey, does Coach Stone tell you the truth? He's like, yep. If we stink, he tells us we stink. You right. know, if we're not doing this right or things like that, he tells us. And I do the same thing when I'm coaching. I tell the coach, hey, don't do this. And then when they run it back, I'm like, I told you. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. And uh, they want to go to my website, coachstonefootball.com. They can see more things, like you said. Yeah. You read some things about me. And a lot of people don't know. And I'm going to be speaking at Glazier in Chicago in March. And I, I can't wait to do that and just share my knowledge that I have with, you know, with the things I can do. No, that's awesome, Coach. Great answer. And, Coach, I thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you and your time. And, yeah, it's been a great show. And I hope we get a bunch of listeners and viewers and kind of get to know your background. And like I said before, they'll I'll post everything, your book and everything, to my website and everything. So people appreciate can it. out to you that way. But, Coach, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Well, I want to thank you, too. And then here's what we'll do, too, right? Uh, why don't you do this? This book right here, Clinic Notebook for these coaches with the clinic season going on. I made this book and my wife and I, I mean, it's only 155 pages, but it's like a notebook, right? Right. And you can take it to Glaciers. You can take it to podcasts. When you're on the podcast with you, you can use it there. Um, you could figure out how you want to do it. You could say retweet or like this yeah. post or, you know, comment below or something like that. But one of your listeners, give it out. And then you give it out like New Year's Eve or whatever. Yeah. And we just give out a free book and I'll, I'll mail it off for them and stuff like that. No, that, no, that'd be awesome. I appreciate that coach. Yeah. I'll uh, put, set something up tweet wise or Facebook or whatever we do. Perfect. And no, that'd be awesome. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I'll send you a picture of it too and things like that. Perfect. So no, that's awesome. But once again, coach, I thank you for coming on. Um, and I thank all of our listeners and viewers. You guys have been great. Please uh, keep tuning in every Tuesday night at thecoachesapproach.com. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Coaches Approach Podcast. As always, I'm your host, George Gresco, and we'll see you guys later.